we should have had God of Thunder as our uh, opening song. Today. Yeah, well, I really want to use that new uh, Black Lips song as our just. just Is it called permanent. God of Thunder? No. Does it have not. anything to do with Thor? No. Well, then that would be. Silly. It's called Modern Art. And Thor? I don't think you could call that modern. I mean, it's modern. Yeah. It's new. We're going to talk about Thor today, kids. I'm Eric Moline from SceneStealers.com. And I'm Trevin McGee from Lawrence.com. And, and uh, yeah, we man, saw Thor last night. We did. We saw it. And, um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed it. You just blew it right off the bat. You didn't even want to, like, keep him waiting. You're just like, boom, I'm Listen, pleasantly surprised. I am all about the short-term payoff. All right. So people that like Long. to just read the star reviews and not actually read the reviews themselves, you can tune out now because you already know that Trevin liked the movie. Yeah, well, that's half of the equation. I liked it. What do you, what do you think? I will be withholding for suspense All right, reasons. well, then let's go. So we found it. Jane? I think you want to see this. You all right? You dare threaten me, Thor, with so puny a weapon. What? He was freaking me out. Where did he come from? Name? He said it was Thor. For a crazy homeless person, he's pretty cut. How'd you get inside that cloud? Also, how could you eat an entire box of Pop-Tarts and still be this hungry? This drink, I like it. Another! This is going on Facebook. Smile. Your ancestors called it magic, and you call it science. Well, I come from a place where they're one and the same. But who are you, really? You'll see soon enough. God, I hope you're not crazy. Will you swear to guard the lives of the innocent and preserve the peace? I swear. I will destroy their kind. You can't kill an entire race and die with them. These people are innocent. I have no plans to die today. Is Marvel's first entry into a very crowded summer for them, um, with uh, Captain America coming in July, X-Men First Class coming in um, June. Not technically a Marvel Studios film, though. Which one? First the Class? X-Men one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fox still owns Fox that. Fox still owns as that. As far as a film property. Right. But it is a, you know, it's an originally a Marvel property. It's their yeah. uh, second of what will be three this summer. And, it, you know, it, it's um, directed by Kenneth Branagh. I will say Brenner. That's fine. Be wrong. <laughs> um, and it stars Chris Hemsworth, who we've only really seen um, in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek reboot. He played uh, 
uh, Captain Kirk's father in the first uh, five or ten minutes of the movie. Um, Natalie Portman, Kat Dennings, and... Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. That's the yeah. guy I wanted to mention. He's awesome in this. And then, of course, we've got Anthony Hopkins and Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, Clark Gregg, who's been in all of these movies leading up to the Avengers, starting with the first Iron Man. He's He's back... As the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. As the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Agent Coulson. I think, you know, honestly, they, they did a really good job tying in S.H.I.E.L.D. to this film. It seemed more organic. Uh, yeah, better than any of the other ones. Yeah, sure. I know that John Favreau was kind of pissed that Marvel wanted to uh, insert S.H.I.E.L.D. so much into Iron Man 2, and he felt that that ruined some of the storytelling. But yeah. um, And I would agree with him. But, yeah, no, it seemed like uh, like it was part and parcel of this story that they needed to tell. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, they definitely... This is the first movie that was made after they had firmed up that they were going to do an Avengers movie, or, yeah, an Avengers movie that they were going to go through with this, and so they'd already begun casting certain roles. Um, I won't spoil it, but there was a pretty sweet cameo midway through. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see an Avenger we henceforth have not seen. There you go. <clears throat> let's and, talk. Let's talk about the the two worlds for a little bit. Yeah, so, and that's we, the, while we're doing this plot summary kind of setup thing. Yeah. Well, it's. I didn't check the runtime. It runs really efficiently at about two hours, and it's split really. To me, when I, I came out and was asked to give comment, it feels like two movies because there are these incredible fantastical elements. I mean, the very beginning of the movie has an almost Lord of the Rings style epic battle between a bunch of frost giants and a bunch of frost giants. Yeah, and a bunch of Norse <laughs> gods and. And, you know, it was well done. The scale was great and all that. And then anytime you see Asgard, anytime you see, you know, Thor's um, realm, home base, yeah, it's realm, <laughs> very ornate, giant, uh, you know, the laws of physics and, and reality are clearly being bent and broken at different places. But um, it's very visually arresting and it doesn't really feel out of place. And then as the trailers and if you have any familiarity with Thor at all, Earth is a big part of it, too. And so you go from this crazy Lord of the Rings fantasy movie to this small town in, uh, is it New Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, New Mexico. You go to this small town in New Mexico, and that's, that's the other half of the movie. And it's interesting. It's, it's definitely a, it's definitely takes some adjustment, but the fact that they stayed with those characters and didn't try and, like, water them down or make it, make it weird or, you know, there were a lot of it's things they could weird. have done. It's yeah. already weird because when you, when you see Asgard and you see this, uh, completely computer generated world with yeah. all these, uh, shiny, uh, golden, know, golden buildings and, buildings and, you know. and, and, uh, you know, their, their, their sky looks more like, you know, the prettiest, uh, uh, stars in space you know yeah. or whatever the the prettiest constellation and everything's just beautiful and then you you go to new mexico and it looks like yeah. new mexico and today. they shot it in new mexico i mean it seems like this is going to be like a, a past present thing like it's a time travel thing yeah. like when, it, when you first think about it but it's not it's just it's just we have to kind of readjust ourselves to understand that uh there are different worlds that we didn't know about and it's very as a matter of factly yeah. uh, told in this movie they don't do a lot of explaining they just present it they say this is the way it is and then the characters start utilizing that world and they, they don't abandon it. one thing that really surprised me is they don't abandon any of the norse words or any like everything is referred to in um nordic 
it's its original Nordic name, and and, and you know also when it, whenever Anthony uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins is in one of these uh, period pieces, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, I just talked about how it is in our present, but it seems like uh, this old Norse uh, movie, you know, the period piece thing, like a Beowulf or a uh, uh, Alexander or something like that. He usually chews the scenery a lot yeah. more. Yeah, and he was surprisingly muted in this movie. He, and, and he did have one scene where he silenced someone by just growling at them. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome. I, I, I laughed at, I audibly laughed at that point. Yeah, yeah. but I think Branner does a really good job of keeping the actors in check and keeping them in this reality, while at the same time acknowledging uh, the ridiculousness of the situation. I yeah. think, like Iron Man uh, and Iron Man Two to a certain extent, there is a good amount of humor in Thor. And yeah, I think it's, without it's way it, funnier than I thought it would. Yeah, be. with Without it, I think that it wouldn't have, have succeeded as well. So uh, the suspense is over. I know it's killing you. Uh, I also gave this movie uh, a solid rock fist up. Maybe more of a minor one, um, just because at, at, at heart, it's it's uh, it's 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 a kids movie. I mean, it yeah. really is a, a fantasy. It's not fantasy on the level of Lord of the Rings. It doesn't no. have uh, the depth of character or or history or background. Uh, uh, the worlds are not nearly that fully realized. Well, it's also not three and a half hours. Right, sure. But 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 it's a very efficiently told story, uh, fish out of water type story. And mm. and uh, you mentioned this in the video review that we did um, online. I, I thought that um, they did a really good job not going overboard yeah. with that. Yeah. You know, they could have they the, could have had all these cheap jokes. Well, that's the, they recycle a couple. There are a few fish out of water jokes that yeah. get recycled. The car thing that happens more than once. Um, there are a few times where he's trying to adjust to being on Earth, but they're always funny and they're always kind of touched on and then moved on. It's not right. hung upon or anything like that. And they're and you know it, it really works. And the trailer that last trailer that came out, I was really worried that they were just going to make. Uh, Cat uh, Dennings like a just a wisecracking joke machine, and she kind of a is a little, but not that but bad. Not as, yeah, it's yeah. she's way more. It's way more obnoxious, condensed into four or five scenes in a two minute trailer than it is um, over a two hour movie. So I'd like to think that maybe casting or casting hiring uh, Kenneth Branagh as the director. I would like to think that maybe it was him that was able to rein those tendencies in and just use the best parts of those. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, he is working with a very tried and true formula. So yeah. uh, it just seemed like he was uh, he had he had moved things along, plotted very efficiently. Well, you um, know, he's a he's a Shakespearean director. I mean, right, that's, that's something he does a lot, and because of that, I think he was perfect for this in a lot of ways. I mean, he handles the fantasy elements of the movie perfectly. I think so. And he's and he really there are a lot of sort of Shakespearean. Um, uh, themes in this movie that come up at different moments. The one, the one basic one that <clears throat> runs through it, which yeah. is uh, uh, Odin. Yeah, is a father usurping the throne or giving um, the throne to one of his sons, and then the sort of rivalry that comes from that, um, trying to you know appease the father or be good enough to you know to be considered an equal by your father, that kind of thing. This is this is what they did well in, in the Spider-Man movies as yeah. well, is they kept it personal, right? These yeah. these relationships that the entire plot hinges upon uh, are familial. And you've got Loki played by uh, this actor who I've never seen before who's going to be, uh, you know, really great in, in the coming uh, upcoming Avengers film, um, knowing that he's going to be the villain there as well. Um, but everything that did he does... Did you spoil that? 
I don't think so. Okay. Did I? I, I? I hadn't heard that before. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, Tom Tom Hiddleston. Uh, everything he he doesn't play. This is more like a a Joaquin Phoenix from Gladiator type of villain. Okay, yeah. this is a this is a guy who uh, has been an outcast all of his life, and he's always wanted to know his place in the world. He's always wanted uh, to figure out why he's not Thor. And when he gets that answer, uh, it sends him over the edge. He, he doesn't like it at all. And um, he, he's, he's – <laughs> I love the line in the movie where somebody says, oh, Loki, you're so full of mischief. Yeah, just <laughs> jokey. And you're like, oh, it's Loki, the god of mischief. Here's, here's – I mean that, that was a simplification obviously and there's a lot of that in the movie. But I think there's um, a little more subtlety than, uh, than there could have been. Some, other, some things that didn't really work for me about the movie overall, there's a little – Thor has a, like a ragtag cast of buddies, and they're really underdeveloped in one note, and I wasn't very interested in any of them, and they spend way more time on them than I thought they needed to, especially towards the midway point, um, and especially because they don't do anything. If, they, yeah. if, they're, if anything ever came from any of their scenes or anything that goes on with them, I would be a little more interested, but for the most part, they don't really do much, um, and so that was very uh, disappointing. The other thing, as good as Brenna is at the fantasy elements and as good as he is at molding these characters and doing all of that, um, I don't think he's very good at directing action scenes, uh, specifically the last two. There's a, there's a, like, supposedly it's supposed to be the big climactic action scene, and <clears throat> that's kind of mishandled, and at least it didn't really interest me as much as um, it could have and should have. And then the sort of final... Um, there's a final confrontation, and that's also not nearly as poignant or as epic as I think it is. As the one before it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're both they're both kind of botched. The very the oh very no no I, I disagree. Oh, I think really? the one before it was great. I uh, think that the, the when they get back to Asgard and they have the final uh, battle. And for me, it wasn't it wasn't just a matter of what you're saying <laughs> is that you thought the the um, the mise en scene was handled poorly. The way the the way that the action was presented on screen, you couldn't follow what was happening, well, and that's a common, that, a, a new that, common thing, modern that, thing. But, I mean, it wasn't not it wasn't difficult to follow. It just didn't really, really didn't connect with me at all. It didn't. Well, so, it wasn't so, big enough to really warrant like that whole first battle that happens with them and the frost in Asgard. Uh huh. Yeah, that one's way more epic and way larger mm-hmm. when they're trying to. Um, get to the gate and, and you know, well, so, so I'm going to take it a step further though and say um, that the reason that that last battle didn't work as well was not just because uh, the camera uh, wasn't in the right spot and it wasn't cut well but more from my perspective because uh, I didn't think that they had done a good job of explaining the stakes at that point. It was yeah. getting a little bit complicated. There yeah. were some twists at the end they that you mentioned before. They threw in a before. last minute twist that's not really necessary. Well, it's, it's not necessary in that uh, that scene doesn't need to have it there but it's necessary for the character. We yeah. need to know that that's happening. I just think that they rushed it. You know I, what I mean? You know, I think I, I I, we needed that. I kind of agree, but I think, you know, I can't. It's hard to debate this without giving away details, but I think it's they, really hard. <laughs> I, I think they could have. I think they could have shaped the villain they wanted to shape without having to throw in that last twist. I loved his 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 last bit, though. I mean, it's 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 hard to argue because they really were. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, I've said it like a thousand times, but they really did plot this thing very efficiently. Yeah, they did. Um, did. And and to the detriment of, uh, now that Trevin's given his negative things, one of mine is, um, believe it or not, I wanted uh, more 
uh, relationship stuff between yeah. Hemsworth and uh, Natalie Portman's that's another character. Thing I hadn't gotten to touch on, but yeah, yeah that, that was really well done too. And that's another Branagh thing, I think. Um, their chemistry was their great. Their chemistry was great, and I remember a lot of people were concerned about Hemsworth um, trying to, you know, captain this movie or trying to carry this whole. Um, movie on screen and i thought he did a fantastic job he's very charming he's charming um he just he got the character you know he was speaking in that epic shakespearean dialect when he needed to but at the same time there's some very human moments and there's some Mm -hmm. very like and and again it's brana that that focuses on these but it it was very uh, human and very earnest at times the way that he interacted with not just her but also uh, Kat Dennings' character, and even uh, Stellan Skarsgård, who mm-hmm. was sort of the third. Who goes to the bar with him. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're some, deepening things a little yeah. bit there. <clears throat> and uh, and for that to happen in sort of a two-hour popcorn superhero family movie, that's that's rare, and it's even more rare when it's well done. And So, so, so really again, nice. if, if I had to say uh, another negative thing, it, I felt like his big change, which comes uh, in the first quarter of the film, uh, he kind of turned on a dime. Yeah, uh, and and I uh, so I'm I'm complimenting it for being plotted efficiently, but at the same time, I felt like um, they had a lot of ground to cover, they and did. perhaps that could have been a little bit more convincing. But once he does it, the actor carries it carries it off and makes the change, and and we accept it and move on. But right. um, I think I don't know. I'd like to see uh, ten more minutes of Thor uh, with just the characters because I like the characters that much, and. Um, I'm, I'm sure that that you know they cut this stuff out because they really wanted that fast moving film. That, so this was a yeah, movie that, that maybe the PG director's cut would be cool to yeah, see. Yeah, it would actually. You know, I think I can't remember if it was Aaron or Alan last night, but one of them said they wanted they want another thirty minutes, and I could probably do another thirty minutes of that movie. Fifteen, maybe. Well. But um, <laughs> thirty last, minutes the, is a long time. The last cautionary thing I'll say about the movie uh, is don't see it in three D. It was upconverted into 3D, and yeah. there's absolutely no reason to see it. Save your money. Um, there's a couple scenes of eye candy, but come on. Well, it's, it just it cheapens the overall digital effects, um, and when you're dealing with such fantastical worlds like uh, like Asgard, you can't really afford to go. Oh, this looks like a you know I a think set. A set, yeah. yeah. And I kept taking my glasses off because that's the thing about upconverted 3D movies is that most of the time you don't need it until they blur out a face so that it shows up in the foreground as opposed to the background. And then you need to throw the glasses back on. And so I kept looking at uh, the. I kept doing comparisons between the the sets and the environments with the glasses on, the glasses off. The glasses on it it actually tints and kind of darkens the image a little bit, yeah. so it makes it a little cheaper. It makes it a little less believable. Um, and yet you're you're just better off seeing it um, in standard 2D because it it looks uh, just as good. So or it was it looks better. Yeah, it wasn't awful. <laughs> I will say this: it wasn't like some other movies that I've seen, like Clash of the Clash Titans. Of the Titans is always the one. Yeah, but um, yeah, definitely. If you're not if you're worried about money, do not bother. It wasn't well. Not even that. If you just want to see the better version of the movie, don't see it in 3D. Thor, uh, first big movie this summer. I'm not counting Fast Five. And um, you should be man, eighty five million. Oh yeah, what the hell? That's right. We were making fun of it. I was, I was, I've been making fun of it for weeks, saying that uh, the studios marketing it as the kickoff to the summer. Right. They, they kind of did. Eighty five million is a lot. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Thor. This is really the kind of of mainstream family entertainment, big budget, Mm -hmm. uh, epic kind of movie with a love story that that is very traditional for summer. So. It'll probably do well too. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, they've already greenlit a sequel, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But, yeah. And you know, Avengers. But go see it. It's great. It's a lot of fun and a good opening to the summer. If you didn't see Fast Five, apparently. 
Well, we're going to leave it at that. So this is Trevin McGee from Lawrence.com, and I'm here with... Uh, Eric from SceneStealers.com. <laughs> yeah. You, you act so surprised. And yeah, you, I didn't know I was going to be introduced at the heard, end of the broadcast. You heard me. <laughs> you weren't introduced. Oh, you were, okay. Uh, whatever. I was introduced, like DJ Shadow. <laughs> right. Because it's Just the like end of the that. podcast. No, I get it. They don't, but I, I get it. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, have a good weekend, guys. We'll see you later. 